Alright, welcome everyone to another edition of Little Light's podcast on education. Uh, today we are going to do part B of the second chapter in uh, the book Education, uh, The Eden School. And last time we discussed the Eden School and how uh, God had planted the garden uh, himself and then put Adam and Eve in the garden and used the garden as a classroom to teach uh, mankind about his character and that that was to be the education for us through all eternity. Um, and today we have a very special guest with us, uh, David Obermiller. He is the farm manager at Fresno Adventist Academy and has a very uh, powerful testimony of uh, starting in the education system and then stepping away from that to learn agriculture and bringing that back. So uh, I'd just like to welcome David to the to the podcast today, and thank you for being here. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. So you started out in education. First off, tell us maybe a little bit about why you got into education. Well, you know, my life's a journey of where the Lord has led me, not necessarily where I had planned to go for myself. Um, I became an Adventist when I was in my late teens, and wound up at Union College studying theology, thought I was going to be a pastor, and found the Lord led in a different direction in life, and I wound up uh, really intimately involved in evangelism, uh, working with coal porters and Bible workers, uh, worked at a couple of our schools along the way, including Souls West, uh, which is the evangelism school run by the Pacific Union, and it was actually... Um, my work in evangelism that led me to education, you know, teaching others, young people, teenagers and college-age students to, to do evangelism alongside other, uh, other experienced people. Hmm. And as you were ed- in the education system, what kind of frustrations started to arise and, and what led you to leaving the education system, as it were, to go pursue uh, agriculture? frustrating thing about education, I, I worked for really good schools, I thought, um, I, I worked for schools who had an emphasis on spirituality and mentorship and, you know, being there for young people in an, in an intimate way, mm. uh, working with them one-on-one, and so, you know, I, I thought that I worked for very good institutions and with other really committed Christians, so the most frustrating thing for me, and I think some of the others, was to see the young people that we had spent our time with, uh, some of them significant amounts of time, uh, leave the church shortly after graduation from that institution. Um, mm. It's a very difficult experience to go through watching someone you've spent so much time with to ultimately decide to leave the church for for various reasons and, you know, various from one individual to another, but still very frustrating. And to me, it, it indicated that something was wrong, uh, a more systemic issue than just, um, well, we didn't, we didn't pray hard enough or, or we didn't mentor them enough or 
we, we taught them wrong or, you know, there was a, to me, there was a systemic issue, something deep rooted in the, the whole educational paradigm that was contributing. And there was just something floating around in the back of my mind. I had no proof for it. You know, I had no, no solid evidence to point to to say that, oh, the whole system is broken. That, that's not the way it works. Right. So then how did that lead to going in and or desiring to go get a an, some sort of education in in the area of agriculture? Well, when I was working at Souls West, um, I was the assistant director of the school and I was about to be voted in as the director of the school. And being in that position, I felt the need uh, and the responsibility to study the subject of education, I, I guess I asked myself the question, if God wants me to run this school, then how does God want me to run the school? Mm-hmm. And the only way I believe to know how God wants you to do something is to first consult the scriptures, to mm-hmm. spend time and, and mm-hmm. inspiration, uh, because that's where God reveals his will to us. So I was actually studying the, the topic of education, uh, reading, you know, the Spirit of Prophecy, the Bible, uh, books by Ed Sutherland and Percy McGann, and anything that I could get my hands on <clears throat> that was related to education, including some other books more contemporary to our time, um, addressed young people and why young people leave the church and their high school experience, etc. So I was reading all this material on education, and you cannot read particularly the Spirit of Prophecy and early Adventist writings on the subject of education without repetitively running across comments about agriculture and education. Uh, they are mm. they're just bound together, two peas in a pod, if you want to say it that way. Yeah. And um, I said to my wife at the time, we, you know, we've been working for the church for 10 years. Um, we've been at Bold West for five years. And I, I looked at all these statements about education and agriculture, and I said to my wife, I said, I have a problem. I'm, I'm being asked to run a school, and I don't know anything about farming. Hmm. And um, how can I... How can I do what God says ought to be done in the context of education if I have no experience with that? Right. So we we talked about this, and I said, you know, the only way to really learn is to leave and to go do it. So a few months later, we we were presented with the opportunity to work on an organic farm. And we made the decision to leave church work, and we spent four years on an, on an Adventist-run organic farm in Arizona um, prior to coming to Fresno Adventist Academy uh, over a year ago. Wow. Now, your, your wife went through the program with you? Uh, no. My wife, we have two children, and um, my wife was um, you know, stay-at-home mom, homeschooling yeah. kids yeah. and raising the kids. Right. But she was a big support, obviously, in, in backing yeah, you I mean, on that decision. You know, but it's a big adjustment for it was a big adjustment for her, big adjustment for me as well to leave ministry 
um, you know, it's a change of, it's a change of everything. It's a change of your mm. lifestyle. Uh, it's a change the type of work you're doing. You know, evangelism is, is more so a, a obviously spiritual work and mostly mental work. Uh, farming is, is definitely physical work first. And, um, it, it may be mental and, and spiritual as well, but, you know, so the type of work I did change, the, 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 um, the way you approach the work changes, you know, it's your whole paradigm on life is really confronted when you go from uh, a really dominant evangelism uh, atmosphere to one that's very rural and agricultural based. Hmm. So there are a lot of adjustments to make for us, but, um, you know, she's been very supportive, and, and we've kept going with it, and I'm very glad that we did. That's awesome. So what were some of the high points that you came away from that experience with, like, you know, that you were like, oh, man, I can't wait to share this with uh, with somebody, students? Well, I guess there's two answers to that question. Uh, number one is, is just being on the, to- on the farm uh, provided a little more time to think about agriculture, more time for study. Um, when you're involved in really aggressive evangelism, Souls West is a very intense program. Um, I have a lot of respect for it, but it's a very intense program. There's not a lot of time to, to uh, breathe, and you know, there's no, no built-in sabbaticals for you to do lots of study on things of your, your own desire. Being on the farm really provided an, an opportunity for me to study the Bible and the spirit of prophecy in a, in a really thorough way. And that's where a lot of the highlights came from for me. And even though I, I had spent time studying agriculture before I left church work, um, that time on the farm really helped me to, to solidify my understanding of, of agriculture from God's perspective. And that would definitely be highlight number one. And then, of course, just the hands-on experience working with Adventists who believe in the church's mission and believe in agriculture and value um, and all the things you learn about farming, technically speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, Those things are really important, too. But but the big highlight for me was understanding uh, God's vision for agriculture and the church. And that's what really is is on my heart to share with people. So what kind of things have you found? What what is that vision uh, that has been laid out for us? Well, you know, the first thing that happened to me, and this goes back to when I was still working for the church, was, you know, read all these statements about agriculture, and you think, you know, that's really cool, and uh, it's pretty kind of neat, um, but is that still relevant? And I hate to say this, but I think a lot of people ask that question, and, and I asked it myself. Well, you know, that was written a long time ago, and uh, agriculture was, you know, the dominant occupation in their own life today and, you know, the, the whole American uh, whole American experience was really built on a rural way of life going back to Washington and Thomas Jefferson, all of these guys who, who were really farmers that wound up pioneering a country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Washington went back to farming after he left being a president. So it was a very agricultural society back in the early years of our, our country, and that includes in Ellen White's time. 
80 uh, percent of the, the nation lived in a rural area during the White's Day. So, you know, I'm asking that question, like, well, that is just kind of cool, but is it relevant? And, you know, so as I kept reading, I started coming across statements that, that were very strong, um, very emphatic in regard to the relevance of agriculture at the end of time. Hmm. And those were the statements that really made me made me change my thinking from, you know, hey, yeah, you know, I'm doing evangelism, I work for the church, and this whole farming thing is really cool, to more of a thought like, hey, you know, I work for the church and I have a responsibility, and this is really serious. It's not cool, this is serious. Hmm. And that was, that was one of the decisive moments where I realized, <clears throat> Ellen White's not, you know, God speaking through Ellen White's not playing around, this is a serious subject, and it needs to be addressed, and, and I had to, I felt I was convicted, but I had to address that subject. And one of the statements that I read was where Ellen White says that if you don't believe in the, <clears throat> excuse me, if you don't believe in the value of agriculture works, you have no business working for our schools. Hmm. And she took that one step further in another location. She says that, you know, if, if some people don't appreciate the value of agricultural work, they shouldn't plan for our conferences. Wow. And I, I said, are you serious? Like, hmm. this is this is so important that it'd be better for you not to work in a school or conference setting if you don't believe in farming. You know, you don't make those type of statements simply because that's the relevant occupation of your time period. Right. And um, it really challenged me um, to make a commitment to this, not just to, like, just to look at it, oh, this is kind of cool, but to really make a commitment to do something about this in my life. Awesome. So as you've... Uh started up there at Fresno Academy. How has that gone? Is it all you hoped for? I know you're only a year in here or or so, right? Yeah, we're just over a year into it, and I'd probably say it's a little more than I bargained for in a good way. Um, wow. The school here, and I... Now, Tom, you're, you're doing an interview with me on the subject of agriculture, and that indicates to me that God's been impressing this upon your heart. Mm-hmm. And um, I've met a lot of other people, uh, Adventist Christians of, of other times, um, who God also is speaking to on, on the topic of agriculture. And, you know, Fresno Adventist Academy is just one of those places right now where I feel like the Lord has been here uh, prior to me getting here. And he had been convicting people of the importance of this subject in the context of education. And... Um, I'm just, you know, I feel this is the way I say it to people, is that I just feel like I'm the right person at the right place at the right time. Like, I think that God has just worked the circumstances here um, to where people are really convicted about this subject. They've been very supportive. Um, and so I've been overwhelmed by how positive everybody has been about the, the endeavor to start a farm on a school campus. And, you know... And as I say, that's a little more than I bargained for. I'd expected more resistance, to be honest. Um, and I say that in a very polite way, but I had expected more more resistance to this. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, and it's also been a little more work than I thought, and I'm not shy to hard work or anything, but taking a tremendous amount of work to start a farm on a school campus that had no farm at all, you know, no equipment, no infrastructure and facilities, and everything needs to be reworked and put in place. And so it's been, uh, it's been quite uh, the adventure, and um, I say all that in a very positive way. I've, I've absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I've got some young people that work with me uh, in the Columbus who are likewise convicted that agriculture is really important and they want to spend their life in it. And um, wow. so we're looking forward to that. And, and the, the really neat thing here is that the school, and, and to take us back to the Bible and Spirit of Prophecy on this, the school sees the whole vision. They, they understand that, that the school needs to be mission-oriented. And mm. They understand that the people are are composed of three parts. You know, the classic Adventist nine body soul paradigm, mm-hmm. and the school gets that. And that's where the farm fits in. Is the farm? Is the school plays a part in the mission of the school? Uh, the mission to shape not only the mind of the student, but also the bodies of the students, the souls of the student, mm. and then. To, to train young people in such a way that they can extend the, the hand of mission out to the community around us. And you know, that's where, you know, going back to the previous question you asked me about um, some of the statements that really got my attention and things that I discovered, you know, I want to read you the statement um, in the spirit of prophecy here from, oh, this is um, 19th volume of manuscript releases. Um, I'm sorry, I read the wrong reference here. This is a Review and Herald article uh, written in 1908. Uh, Ellen White talks about the usefulness learned on the school farm and that it's the very education that's most essential to those that go out as missionaries. And so now, now you've tied agriculture to the mission of our church in the context of education. And then I read this paragraph, it's the next paragraph. She says, before we can carry the message of present truth in all its fullness to other countries, we must first break every yoke. We must come into the line of true education, walking in the wisdom of God, not in the wisdom of the world. And, you know, Mm. when I read that, I said, okay, farming, let's just do some mental math here. Farming and the school farm is the very education most essential for missionaries. Hmm. And a proper educational method is a prerequisite to carrying the three angels' messages to the world. She says, before Hmm. we carry... That's a, uh, as we say in theology, that's a conditional prophecy. If you this, then that. If you don't this, then you won't that. Right. What God is saying is, unless we address the, the issue of agriculture and education, the three angels' messages will not go to the world. And we will not see the second coming of Jesus. We will not walk through the pearly gates. We will not cast our crowns at the feet of Jesus until that subject is addressed. 
And I've been in evangelism. I, I worked for 10 years in evangelism. I would get very focused on, on canvassing work or Bible work or evangelistic series, you know, Doug Batchelor and Mark Finley and Sean Boontra and, 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 and this, you know, use of technology and satellite downlink and all these other things to, to, to spread the message that there's something foundational that's missing. And before we can do any of that, that foundational issue has to be addressed. And that's the issue of ag- agriculture and education. Hmm. Beautiful. Um, so, wow, this is um, this is really exciting, especially that you're there at a school where this w- they didn't even have any uh, infrastructure, like you were saying. The garden wasn't even in place. I mean, I mean, literally, you guys were nearly tearing up the tennis court to probably put this in, right? Well, not the tennis courts because they they pour concrete for those. <laughs> Um, but we but we did get to tear up a football field. That was kind of fun. Oh wow! And we we took down the goalpost, and uh, I recycled part of the goalpost, and I put my weather station on the uh, part of the uprights. Um, and, you know, so now my my wind um, they call it an anemometer. Now my my wind gauge is at the top of the old goalpost. Wow! So that's kind of cool. That's very but, uh, cool. And and this and how is this going? The students, how they incorporated this into uh, the curriculum there? You know, it's a process of learning. You know, basically Adventist, and I say this very politely, but we've really missed the boat on this part of our, you know, calling. Yeah. And um, we're really, all of us, whether it's me here or, you know, Weimar's got a farm and um, Sunnydale Academy, there are other farms that have, other schools that have farms, but we really are all starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so being in California, trying to get familiar with California labor laws in the context of education, what can you do, what can you not do, um, how do you integrate farming into the curricula, how do you, how do you get students who are not used to working, you know, comfortable getting in the dirt and working with tools and so much of it is just foreign to them. They've, they've never used tools. They, they've never worked in the dirt. You know, they've never made been made to sweat unless it was, you know, playing sports. Right. So it's really work in progress. And we started a gardening class, and we've got students working um, a little bit on the farm as a part of the class. But we feel like infants. You know, it's just the beginning. And we, we keep telling ourselves, you know, the Lord says don't despise the day of small things, and that's where we are. Wow. Wow, this is beautiful. There was just a, a quote here in the second to last sentence of uh, this chapter in education, the Eden School. It says that the Garden of Eden was a representation of what God desired the whole earth to become. Sure. And it was his purpose that the human family, as they increased in numbers, they should establish homes and schools like the one he had given. Yeah. Do I, is there time for me to comment on that? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that really inspired me was reading the Bible and and seeing God's plan of education in the scriptures. Hmm. And in the context of farming, I, I made this connection, or, or the Lord impressed me with this connection. You look through all the significant moments, the, the significant spiritual moments in biblical history, and many of those moments involved a leader whose educational experience 
was largely largely comprised of a farm-based education. I mean, go go all the way back to the beginning if you want to. You got Adam and mm. Eve there, of course. But then then who comes next is Abraham. And what was Abraham? He was a shepherd. And then you come down to, to Joseph. And where did Joseph come from? Well, the, the Joseph's a shepherd. His whole family was, was um, a shepherd uh, tribe, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and Joseph's impact on society was an agricultural impact. The famine and Joseph's uh, preparation for the famine in Egypt. And then you go to Moses. And well, Moses learned in Egypt. He studied in the best schools of the day, right? Right. Well, not really. And so where did God send him? God sent him to the farm, and he shepherded sheep. Mm-hmm. And then skip down a little bit, and well, there's King David, right? The shepherd yeah. boy who learned to take down Goliath playing with his sling while he was protecting this, the flock. Mm. And then you go down to Elijah, and it, people miss this. The only thing we know about Elijah is he was a Tishbite from the land of Gilead. But the Bible tells us that the land of Gilead was east of Jordan. And you remember that Gad and Reuben, they wanted to settle the land of Gilead because it was really good farmland. Mm. And so here comes Elijah out of the farmland in Gilead. And right. then, of course, Elisha. What was Elisha doing when Elijah called him? He was right. following. Right. And you got Amos the shepherd, and John the Baptist is in the wilderness. And then you go down to Jesus, whose, whose parables all through the, the Gospels are drawn so much from agriculture. And I recently read this quote from uh, Justin Martyr. He was an early church historian. He says that Jesus in the carpenter shop was known to make plows. Hmm. And that's very interesting. And then you go, I'm going to skip a little bit. A lot of the reformers uh, came out of agricultural, uh, like, you know, Martin Luther, that, that time period. Yep. A number of the reformers were from farm background. And then the pioneer of our own church, if you really think about it, William Miller was the pioneer of the Advent movement. And where did he come from? That's right. He was a farmer. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you say you read that quote there from education, that God wanted this model replicated throughout the world, mm-hmm. it reminds me of God's continual effort to educate specific people in specific ways at decisive moments in Earth's history. And each one of those men I mentioned with a specific man, with a specific education, at a very defining moment of Earth's history at that time. And we're heading into the last, the most significant defining moment in Earth's history. And where is God going to call those people from? And what type of schooling does he want them to have? Right. Wow. Yeah, that's a powerful thought. That's beautiful. Um, you know, and we, uh, in the beginning... I uh, I was going to have a prayer and I did I I didn't I skipped over that so um, this would be a perfect time for us to to close with a word of prayer. Would you mind having the prayer for us, David? Absolutely, be delighted. So, Father in heaven, I want to thank you for the opportunity to to discuss this subject this evening, and um, I want to pray that you would that you would lead each of us and stir our hearts that we could we could feel a passion and a conviction for the type of education that you want us to have. And I pray for the the friends of ours that are listening, Mm. that they wouldn't believe this simply because we've we've discussed it, but that you would burden their heart to study the scriptures and, and the spirit of prophecy for themselves, to see
receive this as true. And, Lord, that you would sharpen our discernment, that we could see it the right way, and that you would give us strength to follow our convictions and to put into practice what we have learned. And, Lord, I want to claim that promise here in reverse. This says that before we can carry the message of present, present truth to the whole world, then this also means in reverse that when we come into the line of true education, the message of present truth will go to all the world. Hmm. And Lord, our burden is to see you face to face. To see you planted that first garden. And Lord, to have the privilege of bowing at your knees, your feet, to cast our crown at your feet, and to stand there with you for eternity. And Lord, um, strengthen us. We can put into practice those things, put into motion those things that will bring that day upon the world quickly. And, uh, Lord, there's so much else to be discussed about this. And I pray that with time that you would unfold it to all of our eyes to grow deeper in our understanding of this subject. And uh, today, thank you that we can ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, David, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And we'll have, we'll have to do it again. That sounds good. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And join us again next time as we look at the chapter on the knowledge of good and evil, uh, how Satan came right into the very midst of that garden and tempted our very first parents uh, by way of appetite. So thank you for listening, and I hope you all have a blessed and wonderful day. Mm-hmm.